So so yeah, I want you to I want you to end as strongly as you begun because this is really your pod. You're in the you're in you're in the. It's not my pod. This is your pod, and this phone booth is for you. So that's the end of the story. I love you. I found this phone booth for you. I'm a project manager. I'm really good at getting things places, and you forget that sometimes. But you can thank me for this phone booth every single time you step foot inside of it. Everybody, welcome to Landline Podcast. And make sure it's speeding. Sound speeds. And then you probably just want to look at that every like 10 or 15 minutes just to make sure it's still going. Okay. All right. Hey. Landline Podcast. Here we are. In the phone booth. How does it feel? Honestly, I feel like I'm on Survivor right now. I'm like balancing on 16 polar cans in a in a refrigerator pack and it's kind of hurting my feet, but that's okay. I don't want to like get too gross early, but do not fart in there. That's my one recommendation. That's not really an issue for me. Cuz you're a lady. I'm a lady. Well, here we are, Landline Podcast, 503-894-8480. Thanks for listening. Call the landline. Anna's in the phone booth. There'll be a day when we both get there, or we're both in the phone booth together. It's going to take a lot of exercise and a lot of discipline in the kitchen, but um, one day we'll both be in the pod, in the podcast telephone booth together. But you procur- procured this, this phone booth, didn't you? I sure did, honey. And I got it for you, for your Christmas present. Tell us about it. Well, over my birthday weekend, um, I was reminded of how dearly you wanted a phone booth. And I'm not sure how much your listeners know about that desire in you. But we were on a couple Central Oregon um, walks and stumbled across some very, like, surreal backcountry phone booths just out in the woods and and you were staring at them longingly and I was like I have to set sail on the odyssey once again looking for a phone booth for you and I say once again because it's something I've been doing for a long time is is keeping tabs on eBay and um keeping my ear to the ground like like you know I like to do. So, um, yeah, I've always wanted a phone booth. I've always wanted a podcast inside the phone booth that brought the landline idea home. Um, so, I don't know. I was I was absolutely floored when you told me that there was a phone booth arriving tomorrow afternoon, which was a few months ago, obviously, but because um, it's here now and time doesn't work it's like that. It's actually not a few months ago. It was about six weeks ago that this, this all started, and... You are floored that this is now in your living room, but just wait until I tell you how it got here. Please. Wax on. Okay, so eBay is my typical go-to for searching for things like phone booths or vintage 
tackle boxes um of which there is one in the basement which i am very upset about very misleading photographs and i literally bought it hook line and sinker nice wait just to interrupt because it's my podcast even though you're in the position of power ebay you're talking like 945 after you've gone through half your emails and haven't answered the ones you don't care about like 215 with a second cup of coffee like ebay is a great thing to remember when you're on your computer at work you're like yes another website i can do something besides work so do you remember when you would go there um for me my like first um what is it called um what is it called when you're in the military and you get to go do something for fun? Like a oh R and R. No, it's like that's what I meant. R and R. My first R and R internet usage is is typically around ten thirty or eleven a.m. and I'm pretty disciplined, believe it or not. But um, yeah, they're on eBay and in between my vintage Grateful Dead T-shirts and my vintage. <laughs> tackle boxes um i usually try to squeeze in a search for vintage telephone booths or just you know telephone booths to be honest um but whatever would come up was always boku bucks and in you know a very very obscure places traverse city michigan um somewhere in arkansas and it's like the one you want is there but it's Four grand, and it's going to cost another twelve hundred bucks to get it to my door in Oregon. Traverse City is where your favorite beer comes from. Bell's Two Hearted. Do you know that? It's actually from Kalamazoo, but I'm not going to hold it against you. Okay, Traverse City apparently has good beer. I've never been there. Um, Traverse City, get get on landline five oh five oh three eight nine four eight four eighty. So just because this would be kind of something that I would know, maybe you know it too. Do you remember seeing like the most expensive, like, did you ever see something where you're like, if I was the Sultan of Brunei, that's the one I would get? Honestly, yes. And it looks a lot like the one that's in our house now. Wow. And it was all about styling, right? Whoever was shilling this on eBay had fully restored it, which this admittedly is not a fully restored unit just yet, but you know, we're talented. We can do that ourselves. But then he would put it or she would put it into her Soho loft with a fiddle leaf fig and white walls and some sort of big piece of art next to it. So it looked amazing. Um which was not the case with with this little buddy that that I'm standing in now. What do, like, skinnier, better-looking, more arty people do with their phone booths that they acquire on eBay? I don't think there are people who are skinnier or more arty or better-looking than me, so I really would have a hard time putting myself in that position. I guess other than someone who has, like, a mediocre podcast listened by a few people, like, what else do you do? I believe it would be an influencer move. Um, I also, you know, it's just like an objet in the words of Phoebe McKay. It's just an objet d'art. Like it's not about functionality. It's just about having some, it's like the equivalent of having a, a rhino's head mounted on your wall. Well, I think that like the top five uses for phone booths in a hipster setting are calls at WeWork, right? Like calls for work at a phone booth in some in some joint office setting. Drugs, sex, 
recording and listening, which is what oh, right. this was. And, and I'll maybe get to that. Photo booth number six. Okay, so um, eBay coming up, you know, unattainable, not going to happen. So on a whim, I checked Craigslist, which, again, great website if you need a place to go during your internet R&R. There was nothing local, of course, but lo and behold, there was some promising language and a series of blurred images in the section of Craigslist where it says results near you. Mm. Right? So it wasn't in Portland, but it was near Portland. So I clicked on it. And it was a perfect phone booth. Mahogany, brass plate with the word telephone emblazoned across it. A working sliding door, pressed tin interior. But these photos sucked. I'm still like baffled slash delighted um, how Craigslist is such a cesspool of awful photos. How does anything get sold? You know, Craigslist was also a great place to have gay sex before Ted Cruz like voted to make that not okay anymore. So I, I'm I'm sort of I do I don't think we should lose sight of the fact that like Craigslist has had the casual encounters have been taken out of Craigslist and that was like a move that I think fundamentally changed the internet. Well, I know or maybe you don't know this about me i don't like using cliches over and over again but here's one this really threaded the needle of shitty photos but and low price so i felt like i i don't actually know what i'm trying to say the dude who sold this didn't know he had the we work you know superman booth Perfect. It, it was, was perfect. Yeah. I mean, how many markets are there anymore in the world where somebody doesn't get told by their realtor that they have like a really solid asset? Like, are there any values left? And I guess you found one of them. I found one of them. And we can thank um, Terry. And in the first of my many conversations with Terry, who was so exceedingly polite and happy to have me to talk to him that he let me call him Gary for the majority of our transactional relationship. I would use that as notes not to read off because it really like comes off as you're reading. It's I'm not kind of, reading. It's kind of a radio faux pas. I'm not reading. Okay. I'm, they're my notes. Wow. Then you're very articulate. I know. Okay. And so do your listeners. How long did you call him Gary? For, you know, a cumulative hour and 15 minutes that I was on the phone with him. Holy shit. He never said once. He said his name was Terry. And you know how I like to say like people's names over and over again when I'm talking to them as like a way to like (laughs) win friends and influence people. He let me call him Gary like 30 times at least and never corrected me. He knew how skinny and arty you were. Right. So... My first phone conversation with Gary was just like, what's going on here with this thing? And I he, got... Was he one of those people who who who, call, who says like, this is Gary when he answers the phone? He was like, you've got Gary. But his name was Terry. But his name was Terry. So maybe it was all a big confusion. Maybe he... Who knows what's going on there? But basically, Terry came across this photo booth, phone booth, sorry in the 70s 
And he acquired it from a record store that had had it for at least 20 years. So it had been sitting in his his dry storage for a really long time. And, and he's in his early 70s himself now and um, is getting ready to move. And I think the missus is finally having him kind of declutter. Get rid of it, honey. And he told me about, you know, he's got some headlights that go to an old car and they're beautiful and he's just waiting for like the right application. He was like on an antique motorcycle for some of our conversation, not riding it, just sitting on it in his garage. Like, wow, he was a he was a talker. But like one of those sober, like non-meth talkers where you're like, I have to be nice to this person while I'm on the phone because he's got a good heart. I mean, honestly, I was like, I have to, I can't fuck this up because it's so cheap and it's exactly what I want. So I am a prisoner until, until like this thing is in transit to my house. I think I just noticed that the telephone brass like label on the outside is not plum and square. I know. I'm wondering if it's aftermarket or not. It looks like, and then there's a little bit of, anyways, but you know, this looks, to me, this looks very hotel lobby. That because it's not an ex- it's 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 wood like nobody had a wood phone booth out in the middle of like frontier town Washington Eastern Washington State so well that's actually not true so this is a 1940s Bell and Howell mahogany phone booth and these were mass produced and shipped flat all over the country and in an effort for folks to use their service they would kind of send these out on spec and people would assemble them and put them wherever they could. So maybe maybe you aren't saying that it... This had never left Yakima, Washington. That's where this came from. But it was always inside, is what I'm saying. Yes. Like it was ne- so, so like it would have been specced out inside a Woolworth or specced out exactly. inside a hotel lobby or something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's in beautiful, beautiful condition, and it just keeps making me think of, like, meeting a date at, at a hotel lobby bar on December 10th before you have to, like, take the train home to New Haven for Christmas. Well, I heard what you and Saul were talking about, so I think you need to, like, you need to pull yourself out of your, like, fantasy a little bit. And stay Why? You, you stood in butcher lines, too. I mean... People checked you out in Butcher Lines. Anyway, um, so what I was going to tell you next was there was an issue, right? This is in Yakima, Washington in a 70-year-old's garage. And I, at the time, was a nursing mom who couldn't really fathom how I was going to sneak away And pull off, you know, renting a truck, renting a trailer, like getting this thing in the thing, like driving to Yakima, Washington, driving back with this thing and not breaking it. You were going to drive there? I was thinking about it. And what, how, in a box truck, in a rented U-Haul? I was going to rent a U-Haul. God, you would have had so much fun just like. No way. I hate shit like that. Okay. So I was. you like driving the open road. I do, but I really am like getting over lifting heavy shit, which I'm sorry to say. But Terry and Gary would have lifted it for you. Terry can't lift shit, and I'll get to that later. Ooh, is it a disability situation? Maybe. 
I feel like disability meets nursing mother is another thing you can't find on Craigslist anymore. Yeah, what is the acronym for that? <laughs> D, what is it? D4NM. It's Gary, G-A-R-Y. G-A-R-Y-4-N-M. Anyway, so um, here we are. I'm scratching my head. This thing is is not like cheap but it's also not terribly expensive so i'm like all right i think i could swing getting somebody paying somebody to get this to me because i'm like a grown-ass woman i can have people bring things to me now if i want so gary reminded me of uship.com Tim, the Craigslist winemaker's favorite site on the internet, uship.com. I couldn't believe I couldn't think of that, remember that myself. I'm well aware that it's Tim's, well, let's be honest and call it his third favorite website. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. Okay. So. Shemuscle.com is his first. (laughs) Bigtreestoday.com is my first. Anyway, that's a real website. You guys should check it out. You can buy a big tree today on it. Um, <laughs> so, um, go to UShip. I kind of lowball the post and just kind of set it out there because Gary's in no hurry. I'm giving this to you as a Christmas present. So in my mind, I have two months to get it here. And all of a sudden I get a ping from Ian Snow at 7B Movers and um, he's like, I can do it. I got to do it for a little more than you're saying here. And I'm like, great, let's let's go. And he's like, all right, let's do this off you ship. And I was like, all right. So we exchange phone numbers. Wow. I know. And you could be dead right now. If you thought Gary talked a lot, wait till you get on the phone with Ian Snow. I wouldn't need to get him on the phone with him. He was in my living room for two and a half hours. That's right. And you know, that might have only been about a tenth of the time I talked to him. Was Kai on the phone when you called He him? mentioned Kai on the phone. Okay. Kai will come in later. Just can we tease the fact that you drove a concert tour bus around the country for an entire six month period of your life yeah that's true it so wasn't six good, months it's a good landline topic we should talk about i would love to talk about that okay next landline 503-894-8480 yeah um go out and and buy the biscuit burners cds wherever you can find them um so this was all happening very fast right i thought i had all this time and suddenly i'm texting terry and telling him terry like sorry for the late notice ian can be there tomorrow i'm gonna put your check in the mail and he says um i'm not gonna be able to let this go um unless the money's in hand and i was like totally get it can i venmo you do you have paypal and i should say we've had a failed zoom meeting like i've never seen this thing other than like photos that look like they were taken from an eye eye watch they're like thumbnails like i'm just hoping this is what i hope it really is and (laughs) are where like in the like triad of bad like airpods eye watch and there's one other thing uh, like I, i guess alexa like I mean, Zoom is kind of a thing, too. Like, people are really having a hard time getting... No, but I just mean, like, which is most... Like, iWatch is pretty, like... 
Like everybody except Mari Lucy, who wears an eye watch, needs to reconsider that decision. And I'm just gonna leave my mom out of it because she, she gave birth to five of us and took care of us. So. Yeah, and her pictures on that thing are funny. They're so bad. They're so bad. <laughs> She's like, here's a photo of a of a museum exhibition I was at, and it will be like a one inch by one inch square of like an item behind glass from like 20 feet away. <laughs> if you, this, I know this is like just horning in a random landline comment, but if you are like buying an Alexa this Christmas, like have you not, it, how could no you, no one's doing that. How could you watch the news for the last 18 months around targeted, you know, oppression of identity and news and all that and buy something that tracks your every move in your home. How could anyone save it for your next guest, babe? All right. Sorry. All right. So Terry, Ian's going to be there tomorrow. Can I send you the check? Which is something we agreed to already. And he said, no, no Venmo, no, no certified mail, no cashier's check, no PayPal. I can't do any of that. I need you to go to a Walmart yes. and wire me the money. Yes. And I was like, ooh, there isn't a Walmart near me. Like, think about it. Is there? A, can you think of the, the closest Walmart? Yeah, it's close. You forget about it. You don't know it's here. It's oh, right. Oh, I didn't. I, I have no longer forgotten about it's it. It's about the I, Dick's Sporting Goods on Hayden Island. That's right. So Terry really is like this is the only way I can do it and I'm just like oh boy all right I gotta just go <laughs> wire some money from Walmart it's like a field trip to see America it was going to Walmart I, which was just yeah there was a there was a scene at Walmart for sure so I get there and I'm like I've never done this before and there's all these like placards like don't wire money to somebody you met on the internet <laughs> and I was just like Terry I'm texting him while I'm waiting in line and I'm like I'm a little nervous like I'm gonna need to see some ID here send me a picture of your driver's license and he was like no problem here you go and he sends it to me and it's like actually that was the moment where I realized his name was Terry. <laughs> And not Gary. And I was like, dude, you let me call you Gary for like four weeks. What are you doing? Anyway, so I was like, okay, I guess this is enough. Like in my mind, I'm trying to like CSI. Like if my money disappears, how am I going to go find this guy in Yakima, Washington? But he's just so nice. And I'm like, I'm just going to trust in 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 the universe here. And then he sends me a picture of a hip x-ray with two giant screws and a plate in it. And he's like, okay, Anna, this is also me. Like, I got in a crazy motorcycle wreck in the early, in 2000, and I had 25 surgeries and 20 pints of blood, and I was, you know, in a coma. And, like, it's me. And I was like, oh, boy, okay. Wow, it's, this is turning into a Craigslist situation. I know. So I was just like, oh, God. All right, I'm just going to freaking send him a bunch of money. And Meanwhile, he owes like $1.8 million in back taxes. Whatever. He knocked like $30 off the price for the inconvenience of going to the Walmart and wiring the money, which I 
which like was enough to like put a little spring in my step to get in the car and drive my butt to Hayden Island. Landline. Okay, so tell us everything. The duck arrived. The duck arrived. The duck uh, did whatever reverse flying the coop. I guess the duck flew from one coop to a new coop. And what was so, the what was the experience like? It was exciting. Look, uh, all morning I was tracking its progress, and by I, I mean you were tracking its progress, and I was telling you to give me minute-by-minute updates. Uh, I think that the most anguishing time was when the duck stalled in Emeryville, because at that point it was a stone's throw away from me, and yet it wasn't in my possession, and I felt like if something was going to go wrong, that's when you get the email saying, you know, it fell off the truck or the label got mismatched or, you know, a FedEx employee got hungry or whatever would have happened. So that was intense. I was pacing nervously. And then finally, 10 minutes ahead of schedule at about 11.51, there is a ringing at the door. And by that, I mean, it was our doorbell. And I just ran outside and found a humble little package, right? You wouldn't even have known that there was anything of value in it, let alone of life-changing value. So I opened it. Um, I'm now also the proud owner of one tote bag, so thank you for that. And I unwrapped it, and sure enough, there was a duck, and it was perfect. It was thawed, but not uh, overly thawed. Uh, It was cool to the touch, even chilly. It went straight into the refrigerator. And then I'll just bring it up to room temperature tomorrow. And long story short, I have a duck. And Thanksgiving can happen uh, after all because it did not look like things were on the rails for a while there. So thanks to you, I have my duck. Well, reading from Julia Child's Mastering the Art of French Cooking, which is the book that she is writing with Louisette, Berthol and Simone Beck in the movie Julie and Julia. Duck. Who's an Amherst Duck, canard, canton. Only the genuine duckling or canton, a bird under six months old, is good for roasting. Fortunately, that is the only kind of duck you're liable to find in any American market. It generally weighs four and a half to five and a half pounds, ready to cook has been beautifully plucked and cleaned, and is usually frozen, a state to which it takes much better than chicken. It needs only to be thawed out in the refrigerator or in a basin of cold running water, and is ready for cooking. Landline. Tell us the truth. Did you get like a Little Debbie single pack in the checkout or like a Reese's cup with Reese's pieces inside? No, because I was at the money wiring station which doesn't have they don't have corn syrup for sale there they have it wasn't that part of the store and i literally like i mean i don't want to sound uh, because of covid i really wasn't yeah. interested in like touching things at walmart you can't spell walmart without covid so covid covid power in and out sent him my money he confirms receipt we get on the phone for like another conversation. It's not our last, but he wanted to go into more detail about his his motorcycle wreck and holy shit, he should like, be Gary, paying I gotta, you. I gotta go. You know, I was, you know, at this point, I was like, he's got my money, whatever. 
Um, so basically at that point, um, it's a done deal, right? Like all the wheels are in motion. I've well, got it's Ian. a deal that he has your money. It's not a done deal. That's right. But the wheels are in motion is what I'm saying. Ian is showing up at this person's house tomorrow, whether or not. And I was like, I told Ian about it. And Ian's like, oh, I'll let you know if it like looks like crappy, you know, like there's checks and balances in, in this situation. Well, I mean, to be to actually take it the other way, these are just real people who are buying and selling things. That's with, right. With trust. You trusted him and it worked out. Unlike the people I bought the phony Vampire Weekend tickets from. That's exactly right. And I kept reminding myself of that. And um, I was going to have Ian bring the phone booth to to Portland and put it in my friend's garage. But that very day, you came to me in kind of a like something's got to give moment and you were like i need you to help me make my podcast space special so that i can just walk into the space hit the button start recording and go and i said all right well do you want your christmas present now the answer to that question is always yes right it's like well there'll be there's i'm gonna get another if i take it now i'll just get another one no one nobody ever just like nobody ever gives somebody no one nothing on christmas i mean even if it's just like a giant box of chocolates they're gonna need to come up with something right so i say your phone booth is arriving today at this house and you were like, what? And I was like, yep, come on over. Check out these thumbnails. <laughs> this is what's coming in. And you were sweet enough to, to I, like, I know you couldn't see what it was, but you were like, wow, this is awesome. And, um, you know, around 7.30 p.m., you had decided to keep the kids up so that they could watch the <laughs> phone booth get moved into the house. But it quickly became clear that it wasn't going to be that straightforward. So that's a great place for a landline voicemail, 503-894-8480. Call the landline. Chime in. Happy Thanksgiving. We're going to hope to create some Thanksgiving calls on the landline. We'll record you as you call. Just check in. Tell, tell us why you're thankful for a landline. Um, and with that, um, go ahead. That's when, yeah, we keep the kids up. Where it's it's so exciting. I mean, just I I guess I'm gonna talk now for a second. This is this is a flaw. I mean, this I guess I can talk to my therapist about this, but this is a flaw in my system. When things like this are happening, when it's like, okay, we're gonna go on this adventure that's a surprise. We're gonna get the phone booth tonight. We're going to. I have a really exciting like new restaurant that's really hard to get into, and I got us a spot, and we're gonna go. I just go into this zone where I'm like, I need this. Like, I'm excited, but I need this part of, like, waiting for the, like, resolution to just be over. Like, I needed, like, it was torture for me mentally from when Kai got here to when Kai left. And it turned out. Game seven of the World Series. Oh, yeah, right. When we were rooting, we had done a good job. I, I never did the podcast about that. But, like, baseball sort of 
baseball landline. It is chimed back in with like, "Hey, this is fun pitching matchups and like a, a you know, a, um, go the opposite field into the gap and like somebody like who stole second ends up like getting home from second base to home and to the go ahead run, blah blah blah." So. Game seven, that didn't matter. It's just like, okay, when is this transaction going to be over? Like, ha, 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 yeah, like we're going to have to make small talk and blah, blah, blah. So anyways, I, I want to chime in about the truck idling, but other than that, I'll let you keep steering the tr- this ship. I'm going to let you finish, but. Well, it's just, well, I mean, what do you want me to finish? They showed up. Two guys show up. They're probably half an hour late, which is fine. They're coming from five hours away. They have a box truck. They get here high, high. No masks in our house. We've got like our three-year-old wearing a mask. We're both wearing a mask. I mean, I people probably don't understand which way I am on masks after listening to this podcast. But it's like, yeah, we're inside with people we don't know coming from sort sort of Mormon tabernacle in Eastern Washington. Like, I would like them to wear a mask. They just like, hey, hey, everybody, like. We're going to deliver this phone booth. We're going to sell you insurance. And then I'm going to tell you a really great way to cook a burger in your toaster oven. Like that was the vibe that we got. Well, don't forget the like dipping. Were they, were they dipping? I thought the yeah. You told me that. Ian was dipping the whole time. Well, and swallowing the spit. That's no. Like, that's like a pretty original Nobody move. does that shit. Oh, yeah. The like the real dippers do that. They just swallow. What? Well, there's kind of common theme but that's another wow. podcast i had no idea so um they come in great here's the door this is cool they start telling the story again it's like and we- they're like oh man terry can talk wow yeah. terry can really talk and i was like yeah Turns Get this out thing you, in my house, it's like, please. What's worse than getting COVID nineteen and spreading to my house? Getting Terry's talking bug and bringing it to my house because that's what you had. Oh so, my God. but they they but yeah, keep going. You had the momentum. Well, okay, all right. We're I'm gonna okay okay Kai. This is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna tip it back, and then we're both gonna put our hands here, and we're gonna it's gonna tip back. And then we're going to do a little bit of a, a timber But you know fall. what, Kai? I'm worried here about this step. Like, I'm worried about the paint job on the step. Kai, do you think, do you think, Kai, Kai, do you think that we could get it around this? Kai, I don't know about that. We might have to go up high on the loggerhead, Kai. We might have to go around the bench, Kai. We might have to do this, like, coffin style, Kai. Yeah, coffin style. That was big. All right. Long story short, it took two and a half hours for them to get get this in the house and in the end alex and i were shoulder to shoulder with these fellas like heave hoeing it over i mean whatever craftsman homes portland it's crazy i can't go blow by blow it like gives me hives to remember it all it was like pretty stressful but we tried to get in the first door then i was like there's this other door and they're like oh kai kai we could do it around there kai we could go all the way around kai and kai had kai I mean, like, look, I, I'm they always took the door, our brand new door off its hinges, the second door, I, which is I, fine. But I, I sort of I'm always reticent to say things like this because I think it like people probably think I'm being judgmental. And I'm not. But Kai had a tongue ring and was like a conservative Christian. And so there's just like a lot going on there. 
that I just like I couldn't it wasn't about the phone booth with me and Kai. It was about like Kai, let's sit down here like you've never drank alcohol but like what? Anyways, so so Kai was the helper to be clear. Kai was the helper and everything had to be talked out. So they tried to get in the front door, it didn't work. They tried to get in the back door, it didn't work. And then they came back around to the front door, and we ended up just being moving people that helped them lift it up over this sort of tall wall in our little portico and get it in. I will say for for Kai and his team, Ian and Kai, they there were zero dings on the phone booth. They, oh yeah, they They're like, carried we're a white a, glove, Mrs. McKay. We are you are not where you're not going to know we're here. They were like adjusting like pictures as they walked out the door. It was cute. It was and it was like they had just done like really really good math like right before they pulled up. So it was like really exciting for them to talk about it and. So two things. One, I don't think they were math people. No, they weren't. But it was like trucker speed or something. Like nobody. I mean, or it no was, dose. It was just Jesus. Jesus was in their veins. So the the two things I want to tease an episode with Gabe coming up where we really go over like the metrics of landline podcasts. Who's listening? Australia. Good to see you again. How often people are listening? How many people are listening? And how we could actually like try to blow this podcast up now that we have this beautiful phone booth through word to mouth advertising, right? Because that's what we're going to need. There's not going to be a Twitter feed. There's not going to be an Instagram page. There's not going to be any sort of digital marketing. We got to just tell people about landline 503-894-8480. So in that spirit, I want to just share that the amount of money you paid them, I want to be exact about it, was so ridiculously low. It was, what, $150? That it cost that... A 26-foot-long box truck and two guys, $175 to get this thing from Yakima, Washington to Portland, Oregon. And it's like a four-hour drive. The reason was because they were going down to San Francisco to pick up like a bunch of dead COVID bodies to bring them back or something like that. No, where they, were they were helping money. somebody move. And they are great movers. So if you live in the Pacific Northwest and you need a good moving company, look it's, up 7B Moving. Yeah, and you need a guy named Kai, but but with a, with a tongue ring. But... They so they were it's not that it was just that, but it was it was kind of the equivalent of like that movie, The Mission with Robert De Niro is like the Catholic Church was willing to spend like thousands of dollars in the 1800s to get a Catholic missionary to like the Amazon. They knew they would lose money on that, but like the long term overall profitability of the enterprise would succeed based on that opportunity. So that's what it felt like. They were a pound for pound. They were losing money. The second thing I want to say is just the truck idling. So they were here for legitimately two and a half hours, and I, my head almost popped off. After, you know, an hour after I complained to Anna about it, I finally said to them, can you guys just turn your truck off? It's stressing me out. And I just feel like this is a landline thing people can call in to, to comment on. What are we to do? Like, A, it's horrible for the environment. B, B and like maybe not A, maybe A, it's obnoxious. Like the a, 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 your car idling is obnoxious. Just turn your car off. This isn't 1948 where we were worried that cars didn't start. Cars start every single time that they've ever been asked to start, except when you leave the lights on overnight. If you just drove here for four hours, your car is not going to not start. 
we're not in the middle of the wilderness in Alaska on ice road truckers. Like, you know you can get out of here. I'll give you a jump if you can't. When you arrive at your location, when you're waiting for your kid to come out of school, when you're picking up your daughter from volleyball practice, turn your fucking car off. Yeah, well, you should pat yourself on the back for actually saying something and Finally. not making up a bullshit excuse like or or you know you cut to the chase it's stressing me out please turn it off and they were like no problems they turn it off and that was big that was like a big event for me that was like one of the biggest events of 2020 for me was asking those people to turn their idling (laughs) truck off (laughs) i'm laughing because it's like so true that's like i mean we can save it for for a rainy day but that is typically my role in the relationship and for whatever reason i didn't feel like telling them to turn it off for you that night and you stepped up and you did it so so yeah i want you to i want you to end as strongly as you begun because this is really your pod you're in the you're in you're in the it's phone not my booth. pod this is your pod and this phone booth is for you so that's the end of the story i love you i found this phone booth for you i'm a project manager i'm really good at getting things places and you forget that sometimes but you can thank me for this phone booth every single time you step foot inside of it <laughs> How did, did it feel hot in there? I don't feel hot. Do you feel arty? <laughs> I feel like I'm winning the the immunity challenge. My toes are like numb right now. Okay, well, um, I love the phone booth. We need to do some work on it. There's some sound issues that we're going to improve. It's still at 1.0. And I, f- I feel as if... This is a big step in the podcast. I think the production of the podcast has has shown us that. All right. Well, tell tell every or have you already said it on the pod? The thing you've been telling people about the phone booth. What about it? That it is your favorite present of all time. Yeah, it is. It's a hundred percent my favorite present of all time. And so, if we get in like a tiff. Like a week after I get you the phone booth, Weren't and I just point at the phone booth and be like, "Remember that, you fucking guy." Weren't tiffs like gifs, JPEGs? Isn't tiffs a, a photo? Yeah, they are. It's a photo format. Um, I mean, I that's kind of another podcast. Just because people give you good presents doesn't mean you can't have fights with them. I think the best best relationships have both. I I do I think you love me? Yes. Do I think this phone booth is a symbol of that? Yes. Do I think that it's like the reason you love me? No. Or whatever. No. I mean, don't you think it grants me a, a month of reprieve from bickering? Do you want a month off from being married to me? <laughs> Rumspringa? I think that I guess that actually is interesting. I interpreted it as like I now need to like give you the gifts to equal this. But if you're just asking for me to like give you take a load off you, then yeah, like I can easily do that. <laughs> All right. Well, last thing I'll say is the ski pants I just bought myself were more expensive than this phone booth. You did great value shopping. I think you should end the pod by actually describing it. I feel like we may have, not that you didn't do an awesome job, but like 
So mahogany outside. Talk about the way the door action works. Talk about the like the the inside. What is pressed tin for people who don't remember? How I think that's kind of boring. Okay. What about the seat? What about it? <laughs> There's a seat that we haven't used yet because we're standing up to pod. So maybe we can readjust things so people can sit. Yeah, it's it's a, it's just like a lovely little piece of woodworking and a, a little piece of history, and it's just what the doctor ordered. So I'm glad it's here in our living room now. I think it also represents like an interesting conundrum for me, which is like it's this historical piece that's perfect, and I've just sort of like slid a microphone down from the roof, and it's working out okay right now. Is it better to like retrofit it and do work on it or just leave it as is because it could be a way better podcasting booth if I drilled into it and, and retrofitted it. And I, I'm not asking for an answer. I'm just saying that's sort of like the landline conundrum for all of us who are uh, sycophants to this sort of the to this. What is a sycophant, honestly? All right. So to to wrap things up, I think, um, you know, COVID is is a year where things can slow down and we can lean into to being thoughtful and and going that extra mile for for showing the people we love how how much we care about them and think about them and I'm not saying go out and buy everyone a vintage phone booth but um it's a slowdown so what 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 will you do with your time for your loved ones and well said and not every I'm not asking for everybody to commiserate around spending a bunch of money because we all have different amounts. But I would say, like, even if you only went on vacations in your car or if you went on one vacation in a plane or many vacations in a plane, you're saving a lot of money right now based on the covid constraints. And maybe you could, like, take a tiny portion of that and buy yourself something frivolous because sure. because why not we need it right now yeah and it hasn't covid taught us if nothing else that like might as well be frivolous before you drop dead landline podcast 503-894-8480 what's the best gift you've ever received call in tell us about it try to top the phone booth bet you can't feels good to be me Wow, if we, if me and Homer and Dewey came downstairs every morning to you doing a morning radio show in this podcast at the foot of our stairs, that would make me so happy. And you got to do that voice. Thank you from the bottom of my heart from, for getting this phone booth. It's completely beautiful. Even if we just turn it into like a sauna, it will always be an asset to the company. And Terry, Gary, and Ian, and Kai can come over and use it at any time. Anytime, Kai. So, Kai, what we're going to need you to do is to get in, we're going to need to open the door, and then you're going to need to put your body inside the phone booth, and then we're going to need to close the door, and then you'll be inside the phone booth, Kai. All right, Kai. All right. Thanks for podcasting. Bye. Landline. Ishii, we love you. Landline. Pull out all loose fat from the cavity and from around the neck. To make the carving of the breast meat easier, cut out the wishbone. The lower part of the wing is mostly bone. Chop it off at the elbow and add it to the stock pot. Be sure the fat glands on the back of the base of the tail have been removed. Dig out any yellow residue that may remain and rub the area with salt and lemon juice. 
to help the layer of subcutaneous duck fat to escape during cooking, prick the skin at least half inch at half inch intervals along the thighs, the back, and the lower part of the breast. After seasoning the cavity or stuffing it, sew or skewer the legs, wing, and neck skin to the body so that the bird will be make a neat appearance on the table. See the illustrated directions for trussing a chicken on page 237, which may be adapted for duck. So, I mean, it's pretty striking that she expected people to be able to pay attention long enough and understand what she was saying and actually follow those instructions to success. I think it says a lot about how much our brains have changed in the last 60 years. Absolutely. Uh, although I found every word of that informative. And I'm very excited to follow those instructions to the letter. But yes, I do, I do agree that it's harder and harder to... I mean, I mean, one one day it's not even that cooking would be a lost art. It would be that uh, reading about recipes might be one. Maybe eventually everything will just be acted out on YouTube. <laughs> okay, I found from the internet um, a, an alternative option for sort of thinking about how to attack a duck. Day one, slaughter duck. Dress, eviscerate, and rinse. Remove neck bone without breaking skin. Tie neck skin in knot. Apply maltose slash soy sauce coating to skin. Hang overnight to draw. Dry. Day two, use straw to inflate duck skin like a balloon to separate from meat. Blanch duck quickly in boiling water to tighten skin and begin rendering fat. Apply more maltose soy mixture. Hang overnight to dry again. Day three, roast duck while hanging vertically in wood-fired brick oven. Roast until rendered fat from under skin has completely dripped out of duck. Basting meat and rendering skin crackly crisp. Serve immediately. Serve immediately. I like those two words. I think that we can't go with that one because we don't have three days and because our duck is already dead. So that one's kind of out the window. Still in awe. Serve immediately. I'm going to stick by that advice. Landline. Landline. So we're getting some nice momentum, and people want to know about the duck. I had some interactions off the landline with various listeners, and they want to know about the duck. So we've we've interspersed a few details of the duck arriving, various preparations. Basically, we the last time we left it was that you um, were really honing in on serve immediately. That was a direction that you could you could easily keep track of. Um, and so I thought not only should we just kind of close the the beak on the duck but we should also maybe just have this transition into the next holiday period um because i think that what's nice is it's almost like a, a football season where we've, we've had one game which was thanksgiving and we're going to the playoffs here we've got hanukkah we've got christmas and we've got new year's and even if you're not jewish you gotta you know eat for hanukkah if nothing else so um I thought we could kind of talk about the duck and then and then also just give people some heartwarming tips as they 
kind of try to find their way in this very weird holiday season and and they hopefully use landline as a nice warm philosophical blanket around them as they cook so so how is the duck saw the duck was fantastic the duck was like absolutely fantastic um the first thing that i will say is that we went you know we we had an act of thanksgiving we thought okay it's just the two of us so rather than pandering and catering to the demands of the the mob let's just make this exactly what we want to be doing. So Catherine and I got up at our leisure and we drove across the Bay Bridge to San Francisco and took a nice walk across the Golden Gate Bridge, spent a couple of hours, you know, had a very like nice afternoon. It was sunny. It was beautiful, 65 degrees out. And we didn't even get back to begin cooking Thanksgiving till somewhere between 4 and 5 p.m. I remember that I poured my first Gibson at something like 4.58 precisely. Wow. And, right, and it's, it's daunting, right? Because in your mind, you're always told by your elders that Thanksgiving needs to be this huge production and you start it, you know, two weeks in advance and you do your shopping and you do the prep work and all that. And it's going to take at least, you know, 19 and a half hours to put out a proper spread. So instead, we just thought, let's begin cooking now. And we have cocktails and we have some, you know, uh, Miles Davis playing on the record player. And let's see what we come up with. And I'm kind of happy to say that within three hours, we were sitting down to eat. Three hours from when I poured that first Gibson. And that included mashed potatoes and sweet potatoes. That included gravy from scratch. That obviously included a fowl, which I'll get back to in a moment. That included greens of multiple types and varieties. It included cornbread. It included every type of Thanksgiving food that one would want. And it turns out that nothing takes that long. It's not, you know, it's it's a it's a meal that you know is logistical in nature, right? It's sort of like um, like Dwight Eisenhower's genius wasn't with waging battle is with the campaigns. It was it with the supply lines. It was with, you know, getting huge amounts of inventory and objects and food and supplies from spot A to spot B. And I feel like that's kind of what Thanksgiving is. There's nothing, there's no dish that's inherently challenging. And sitting aside a turkey, there's no dish that even takes that long. It's more about just, you know, managing your supply lines as Eisenhower might have done. Which just, so anyway, I mean, that, this this is a coda to yeah. the pod, so I, we can't go on a giant trip here, but it's just, I just... So getting back... I can't, no, I can't help myself. No, I want you to keep going. I just have to interject here and say, and yet everybody cooks the food way too early, lets it get cold, then, like, does a mediocre job heating it up, and then the meal is always cold, so... I think your point couldn't be be more well taken. Like it's never Thanksgiving is the coldest meal of all. Th- There's never been a colder meal with so much time put into it as a, a, than Thanksgiving. Exactly, and it's so liberating just to say I'm gonna I'm gonna set myself free from the chains of these restrictions and operate according to my own timetable. Okay, this is great. So. You all right? So three hours in and out, delicious spread. Or all of our mouths are watering, and 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 the duck. 
So the duck. So basically, an hour before we sat down, you know, I had basted the duck in soy sauce, a little citrus, a little ginger. Uh, I poured tea kettles of boiling water over its skin to kind of steam and crisp it. And then it just went into a 450-degree oven. And I will say the only, and of course with ducks, they give off copious amounts of fat. And so you have to load up your roasting pan with water. And I, the only thing that I almost was a near miss was that these things cook fast. And maybe it's because a duck on 450 just doesn't want to take its time. And maybe it's because you had, as you admitted, sent me the runt of the litter. But either way, I took the duck out to rebase halfway through. Of course, it was fine. And then, thank God, I pulled it from the oven when I did because this guy was cooked through less than an hour after he began his journey. Mm. So I will say that less than 36 hours from when you stood at that FedEx office wrapping him in his shopping bag and various plastics to get ready for the journey. Less than 36 hours later, I was dining on it, and it came out absolutely incredible. And it was the perfect amount. Uh, it was myself eating it, and I devoured most of it and then left myself a drumstick and a wing and a couple slices of breast for the following day because what's better than Thanksgiving leftovers? But... A duck is a, a succulent, delicious item, and it's one that I encourage all people to try at least once every trimester, if not more. It's an absolutely rock star dish to make. Couldn't be easier. The only thing you have to mind is your cooking time, I'd say. Mm. Well, very successfully done, as we all expected. I just quickly... I won't get into all the preparation, but the coolest thing I did was I hung my duck up by its neck um on my front door um for the entire wednesday afternoon ahead of thanksgiving and then as night fell i was afraid of owls and bald eagles eating it both of which i've seen in the last few days in my neighborhood so i took it down put it in the fridge and then hung it up all day as well and you know, I guess for anyone who's ever listened to the, this podcast, there are so many things in, in my mind that are wrong in the world. But when I strike gold of what is right, I feel so blissful. And the host of Landline could never be happier than hanging a dead duck outside of his home in a um, densely populated residential neighborhood in, American si in an American city to just show everybody his and his family's colors. I mean, it just couldn't have felt better than kind of saying, here's a dead animal that we're going to eat today, and you're all eating dead animal too. And, you know, this we used to have an interaction with animals that was much more, um, I would say, uh, intimate and um, visceral and direct. So my duck was good. Let's put, in, let's put it in terms of, you know, more nobility than that. You, you hung your flag marking your castle, and the flag was a delicious, fleshy, fatty, edible flag, but it was a flag nonetheless, and let the whole damn town see that and witness that. I mean, what do you want to do with your life, Alex? Well, I didn't know that the answer could be, but it is, live on the top of a hill and hang various dead animals and flags out for everybody below to see what's going on up here. I just, you know, like communicating to the you world. Were, you, 
you wear you wear your duck upon your sleeve. There's well, no doubt of that. Like, how fun is that? Everybody. So I live in a very, very walkable, loopable neighborhood in a corner that gets tons and tons of traffic. You know, five hundred walkers a day easily. And to just be able to put that duck out for everybody to look at and talk about with their family. What are those guys doing? What is that? That's a small turkey. What? Somebody being like, that's a duck. I know it is. They're hanging it in order to dry the skin out like a Peking duck. I mean, it's just it doesn't get any better than me for that. That will be the best thing that happened in November for me. I mean, other than various family and interpersonal relationship issues that were also great. So don't don't hedge your best. The best is the best. All right. So yeah. it was so. And, and hanging that duck obviously connects to all the very genuine and sincere love you have for your family. I mean, the original. After so- all, you were putting food on the table. The original social media is hanging your dead animal out front for everyone to see what you're having for dinner. Talk about talk about an update post. So um, I cooked mine at a lower temp, started high, went low, but it was cooked well, and the duck was delicious. I can improve on it next time, but it was not overcooked. We ate it with a bunch of Asian sides, homemade kimchi, homemade pickles, steam buns that were a total failure, but I don't need to get into that. And, yeah, it was fun. I can't wait to cook duck again. I kind of want to cook another one soon. Um, I guess to sort of, you know, wrap this pot up and let people go and and want more which will be happening and Saul and I will pod and other people will pod and we'll be potting happy happy thanksgiving happy christmas 503894880 landline podcast so i think that one thing i noticed Saul at the end of the thanksgiving weekend was like it kind of went back down into a maybe even like a lower trough like if my emotional state was the stock market then we kind of had like a pretty big peak during the Thanksgiving weekend. There was no work. Cell phones were off. Work computers were off. All we had to do was cook and hang out with our kids. And we were playing cards at night. Um, you know, mano e mano at the kitchen table with candles and glasses of wine. And it was just like a full on four day break. And I know not everyone is so lucky to have employment right now, but um, for those of us who have been employed during COVID, it's been this weird dichotomy between kind of the world stopping, but you still having a responsibility every day. And I know that some people wish they could have that, but it's also something that you know can cause you stress to be employed at a time where you wonder if you should just be stopping and kind of smelling the proverbial roses. So... It was so fun, but then the trough after that, going back to work, knowing that we have like three full weeks before sort of the the next Christmas season or the next holiday season comes, I guess I just wonder like, do we have any tips for the listeners around how to kind of, um, I don't know, just make this holiday COVID, like hopefully this is the last COVID holiday season we ever have. And there will be moments where we look back at this and say, well, that was cool how we had to do that. And it was fun how we always had to go on walks because there was nothing else to do and go outside and go explore new places and really like spend time with your family. So I guess if, as we all take a deep breath and kind of get ready for the next push here, do you have any words of wisdom for our listeners? Well, that's, it's, a, it's a good question. It's a legitimate question. Uh, without question, I think that uh, as um, Joe Lewis said upon his retirement, I did the best I could with what I had. So take whatever resources you have and put them to good work. 
and enjoy yourself however you may. Yeah, it's an odd one. It's uh, it's gonna be fun when when the um when the new year strikes. I think there'll be a little kick of optimism there. All right. Well, there it was the Thanksgiving duck. It was a success. It was fun. It gave us two weeks of entertainment, both on and off the podcast. Um, and I feel like if there's ever been a time for like creative, stupid gifts, you know, if there's ever been a time to go above and beyond the, the, you know, snap fish Christmas card, which is also great. Like maybe just doing a holiday card in the first place for the first time, a solo holiday card. What about people who are single sending holiday cards? It's like, just go wacky. There's no, there's no reason to not, uh, you know, mix it up a little bit. People are pretty, um, pretty open to being entertained right now in, in lieu of the, I, the lack of entertainment. I will say that you know this 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 Thanksgiving did teach me an important lesson, and I don't mean to sound pissy at the end of a you know uh, weekday evening, and I don't mean to try to take it to a uh, dramatic place, but Thanksgivings in general, we know we should be historically thankful, uh, and we know that we should be thankful for spending it around loved ones and such, but I feel like the element of gratitude sometimes gets a little abstract, at least for me. And this particular Thanksgiving gave me something tangible, in fact, a tangible object to fasten my gratitude upon. And that was a duck, and by virtue, the duck was essentially a stand-in for you, a dear friend, someone I'll happily call a dear friend to the entire world, from Vermont to Australia and anyone else who's listening. 503-894-8480. Keep going. Call us up. So I think that that I, I think that this duck on this particular Thanksgiving, a uh, uh, strange holiday, and I wasn't around my family as I usually am, and I was on a different coast than I usually am. But this duck did make me feel a tangible sense of gratitude that I live in a world where a friend can FedEx me a fowl for dinner, and that counts to me, and it always will. And so I think I have a appreciation of the holiday that's always been a favorite of mine that I've never fully felt with such specific definition before this year. And that is something that I can absolutely apply or like gratitude to with complete sincerity. Well, that's really nice. I was glad to be able to be there at your Thanksgiving through that dead duck. And honestly, it's just a nice thing to say before we go that you know, maybe just finding a little something that you have in your community, like a good coffee roaster or a chocolatier or somebody who makes jam or, you know, beef jerky or, you know, some sort of tinned fish and buying five of them and um, just sending them to five people of various, you know, friendship standing <laughs> and saying Merry Christmas. I mean, I would love to eat a, a tin of fish sent to me from far afield. So... Um, put a little giving in the holiday season and see if you can cheer somebody up at their uh, Chanukah party. All right, well, that's it. We'll podcast again soon, but thanks for uh, being on these last two. And uh, Landline Podcast, we'll see you soon. 503 yeah, my, my final, My final comment, and I'll, I'll say this by means of a goodbye, I suppose, 
and I don't mean to spring this to you like a uh, you know proposal on a kiss cam at a baseball game, but if I was to drive up to Oregon via the north, the left coast, as we say, and show up and take residence in a hotel suite somewhere in Portland for a week, is there a chance that we could do a duck together this winter? For sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. I would, I, we'd have to, uh, look at the bylaws of my child's preschool, but yes, we could. I don't know if they're, they allow duck dinners for children because to, I returning think, to school. I, I do think that the, um, other side of the coin, so to speak, of a duck flying south is the eater of it driving north and joining the source at the river's mouth, as they say. All right, well, oh, let's, let's that talk is about it. That just... I would love to explore with you this winter. All right, well, just look look into your, um, you know, instantaneous COVID tests, and then we can basically have a bacchanal for all I care. Maybe January 20th. more than happy to. Maybe January 20th is a day to celebrate if anybody's tuning into that. All right, we're going to go. Landline Podcast. We'll talk to you later, Saul. Goodbye. We're back again. Festival.